0: Hello everyone, hopefully you're having and or had a good day today. My name is Drew, if you're new here, welcome. And today I invited another wonderful guest on the show to share their life, their experiences and their insights on growing on social media building a business being a creative and everything else that's involved with being alive in 2022 by the title of this video the guest in question is ethan glenn if you don't know ethan he is a fashion content creator Um, he's someone that i've been following for quite some time now he also owns his very own brand every other thursday and in my opinion he's probably one of the most nonchalantly coolest dudes on the internet talking and engaging in men's fashion and that's kind of the the place i'll put him in i don't know if he agrees but he's a pretty fly guy and he he does it in a very suave nonchalant way before we get into the episode if this is your second time listening to this podcast be sure to give it a five-star review i would appreciate it immensely shout out to everyone who's already done so already you make this podcast what it is all right let's talk to ethan glenn I don't even really know where to start and how to introduce you. You're a business owner, you fly as hell, and you make and take some amazing photos and videos online in and around fashion. You're, you're Ethan Glenn. You make it look easy, man. <laughs> how are you doing today, sir? Uh, it's good to be able to actually finally get you on the pod, and we've been talking about this for a little bit. How how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited to, I'm excited to come on um i've been listening to a couple of the episodes that's the one with albert you did a while ago so i'm excited to um to talk to you and kind of like you know get to know each other a bit better
0: absolutely have you had many conversations with albert or what
1: um like a couple things over dms here and there um he's also in la so i feel like i need to hit him up and grab a coffee or something and hang out a bit more for sure
0: you definitely do. You also like my first impression of you, Ethan. Like you're, you seem like a super sweet, super nice guy. You have this like very, because you're from Canada, right? You have this very mm-hmm. like Canadian politeness about you right now. And I'm gonna try to draw out the true Ethan Glenn through the course of this conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, my friend was saying that the other day. We were hanging out, and she's like, you, "You just like you're too nice. Like you, you say yes to everything. You like, like help people when you don't really need to help them. Like just." like you know have a little bit of grit I'm like you gotta okay.
0: put your foot down Ethan. come on man <laughs> it's a canadian in me for sure no it's all good it's all good but yeah you definitely should link up with albert i know he's i don't know if you've seen his recent tiktoks but they're all about i don't know who, like the other creator's name but he's making a bunch of like creator mashup videos right now mm-hmm. so it would be it would be cool to see you and him do a little collab on tiktok or something like that for sure um, yeah but for those of who don't know you, um you're Ethan Glenn. Um I've found out about you. We were talking about this before we started recording. I found out about you, I honestly I think through Instagram first before TikTok. I know you have a pretty substantial following on TikTok. You run a business, like I said, every other Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, you you are, you know, one of the, like I said, coolest but like make it look so easy, make it look effortless, like, like just very effortless kind of cool kind of guy. And I always wanted to have you on the pod to talk to you. And and um, let's dive right in, man. I, I want to, the first question I want to ask you is talk to me a little bit about, you know, where you're from and, and how it was like for you as a kid, like describe your childhood a bit. Cause I, I have I know nothing about you besides like, you're just this fly dude online who has his business.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, it's good to see that that's what people see, because, you know, you don't always see that about yourself, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Grew up there, born and raised. Um, lived there kind of my whole life. Um, and my childhood was pretty average, you know, like middle class, white family, nothing crazy. Went to public school. Um, kind of just lived my life in Toronto and kind of grew up that way. And then, um, yeah, just that's about it. It's, it was pretty unremarkable, I guess
0: you could say. Well, you, you don't want to, you don't want to diss yourself too much. Unremarkable. That's, that's you. you Okay. Not unremarkable. Maybe maybe that's a bad choice of words,
1: but it it was very much just like your average middle-class family. Um, Nothing like, nothing crazy.
0: No. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. I understand that. Um, I actually just got back from Toronto. First time I ever went to the city this year and um i kind of understand the layout of the city a little bit like like what part of toronto were you in approximately like talk to me about like the area you were in and kind of like what did you do as a kid like were you a sports kid or like like you were a for hockey sure. kid like i feel like every canadian like grows up with a hockey stickers i'm like it's that. true
1: it's <laughs> true they like to like put hockey straight into your blood right at the beginning i definitely did try it out when i was a kid wasn't for mm-hmm. me um actually the first time i ever like the first game I ever played, I was probably like nine or ten, and my parents had signed me up, and I was playing. I played defense, and somehow I got the puck, and I was trying to skate down the ice towards the goalie, and just before I get to the goal, I fall flat on my face, <laughs> and me and the puck slide into the net, and I end up scoring a goal, and that was the only goal I ever scored in my three years of hockey <laughs> career.
0: So that's the first and the last goal. That, you ever scored. Exactly, exactly. And I was like,
1: maybe this is not my sport, but that's fine. Um, no, but it's yeah cool. I um, kind of played every sport under the sun, to be honest. I, I loved kind of like team activities and stuff like that. So like I did soccer for many years. I did uh, lacrosse, swim team, water polo, ultimate frisbee, speed skating. I tried, I tried everything. Kind of like every year I was like bored of the one that I did last year. And so i tried something else. Um, and I was very lucky in Toronto. There's like a million and one different clubs and stuff you can join across the city. No,
0: yeah, the thing that I liked about Toronto a lot is that it just seems like a city that has like options, right? Mm. Like sometimes when you're in a a smaller place, like I'm from Denver, and we have options too. We have winter sports, we have things of that nature. Like maybe more options than maybe someone in like like if I take it to the United States, like southern parts of the United States, or if I take it to Canada, like I don't know, Mississauga. I don't know really. I don't really know the cities in Canada, but like obviously Toronto is a very hub of a city, so like it makes sense that you like dabbled in all these different things and like just have fun with it because like as a kid like it's just having fun with things and like trying things out and seeing what you like and what you don't like um but yeah that's cool so did you have any siblings growing up or, or, or
1: only child uh, no, or? i was, i was an only child uh, my parents divorced when i was in like third grade-ish somewhere around there um yes. so i ended up having two uh younger siblings my dad remarried and had two more um, but that was like, I was 10 when the first one was born. So I kind of got that, like, only child growing up phase. And then I also, like, was lucky enough to be an older brother for a bit. Well, still am, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. That makes sense. And, like, what do you, I, I had a conversation with our last guest about this, like, siblinghood versus only childness. Mm. Like some people, cause I grew up, I grew up an only child as well, but I also have an older brother. I just didn't grow up with him, mm-hmm. um, and so it's kind of similar in that same respect where the family is like a bit fractured. Not to say that For like sure. anything's like totally wrong with that. It just is the way it is. Like just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like growing up an only child, people always told me like, oh, like he's the only child. He's kind of like a weirdo. Like oh, he has like he's got to have he's enough siblings to like play with um were you like lonely as an only child or like did you have a lot of friends or like talk to me about that
1: i feel like a lot of people like that's your first thought is like oh only child you must you must have been so lonely and it's i think only only children really understand that like it's not really like that like yeah there's times when you like are lonely and stuff but i feel like Mm yeah you you usually end up having a good bond or at least i did with my parents because i feel like in some ways they they filled the gap like i remember as like being a kid and like playing board games a lot with my parents because like i didn't have like another kid in the house to like play with in that kind of mm-hmm. sense um, but then like luckily and growing up in downtown Toronto is just like it's just such a like hub of people and everything there's like a million different schools within relatively close area so there's always like people around there's always kids around and like everyone I went to school with like lived in the area so it was very yeah. much a community driven kind of city which was great. Um, so I didn't ever feel like lonely or anything like that. And then when yeah. I had the younger siblings, it was such an age gap that it was like, not really like you're going to like hang out obviously. Cause they're like really, really young and I'm like 12 years old. Yeah. Um, but now it's really cool because they're just entering high school now. And it's just such a crazy thought that like, they are the own person. They have their own personalities. their only fr- their own friend groups, blah, blah, blah. And so like, now as an older, like all of us are older, it's really interesting to like hang out. Like, few weeks ago i went we like all grabbed ramen together and it was just like one of the first times i was like oh this is so weird like this is what it's like (laughs) to have like siblings like you like go and do things and hang out with each other and like for sure first time i'd ever experienced that so i i could totally see why people like it
0: yeah yeah definitely and it's it's so funny you bring up the fact that like as you grow up and like having i have nieces now who are um getting older, entering into high school, which is crazy Mm. enough to think about the age gap of that. But like, um, and like, like you said, if you see your younger siblings growing up, like it's, it's kind of shocking. Like I remember you when you were just this little crying sack of meat, you know what I mean? And like, now you have like opinions on things and it's like, I'm still like older. I have the authority, but like, okay. Like I see you coming into your own as well, which is always really cool to see. Um, exactly. We yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This is your this is your show, man.
1: <laughs> I'll tie it into the whole fashion side of it because um, we went to get ramen, like I said. But before that, they really wanted to go thrifting. They've never been thrifting or anything like that. And I don't know. They're getting into high school, so I guess that's obviously a very popular thing to do um oh, is, and, is, yeah. yeah exactly like i never thrifted in high school but i thrift all the time so they they texted me and they're like ethan we want to go thrifting and then get food after like can you take us and so i picked them up we drove to the thrift store we like did a whole thing and it's just so interesting like, seeing them like pick out their own style of clothes they want to wear and they're all excited because like oh, it's only four dollars like best day ever and i was like this it's just so funny that like like you were saying like you're not a little sack of meat anymore you're like a full-grown <laughs> child person and you're just like it was super interesting to see. so i feel like that'll be really nice as we continue to get older to like do more and more things together
0: the relationship will only grow right i mean exactly like the as an adult like you're learning things all the time constantly and like there are some things that if you tell them it'll go over their head but as they get older like they'll start to understand fashion culture art Mm -hmm. and uh, all the things that come along with that so yeah it's it's going to be a lot of fun and i think you know, for anybody who understands what it's like to have older siblings, younger siblings, family. It's just, like, a one of the things about life that's interesting. Like, you see everyone grow. Even, like, your grandma or, like, your dad or your mom. Like, you see them, you know, when you were a little kid to now. It's just – it's crazy sometimes when you look at it. I, I, I look at it all the time. I'm like, this it's is true.
1: crazy. It's true. Um, time passes by. You don't realize it.
0: It really does. Um, one more – I want to touch on one more thing with Toronto because I'm curious. Like, is there anything – about toronto because like i be- I was there but i was there for like a day <laughs> so i'm like very curious about the city still like when you were growing up there is there anything that like stands out that you think is like specifically toronto you know what i mean like mm. something that you only get while being in the city of toronto being a kid there when you were a kid or like i don't know if there's yeah if there's anything you i feel
1: like i mean i don't know about other cities because i only grew up in one um mm. but growing up in toronto at least in the summer it feels like it is just like the most outdoor heavy place ever because in the winter it's cold it's like Mm. snowing for three months of the year and it's so cold for six months of the year that you don't want to be outside so i feel like every time the summer rolls around it's like people are having the best time of their lives they're hanging out in parks all day they're going for walks and then every weekend i swear all summer long there's some sort of street party street festival mm-hmm. in different neighborhoods so you have like the little italy festival and you have like the little portugal festival and then you have like the chinatown festival there's like all these little hubs of community and little yeah. like they close the streets down every weekend all summer long so i feel like that yeah. was like a big thing that i remember growing up being like this is so fun you can like when we can go here then when we can go there and it's just it was a great great time
0: yeah man that's so cool and talk to me a little bit about kind of transitioning a bit how did you start to get into fashion you know what I mean like Mm. at what point at what age were you kind of looking at fashion taking care of your appearance those kind of things
1: for sure I feel like I mean in high school I definitely started to realize it like clothes were part of you and your identity I guess Um, but I didn't really I didn't really care I mean like all of high school I wore the same pair of skinny jeans and Sperry's with socks and that was like every day I wore the same thing. So I mean, it, it definitely didn't care. But I started to realize like other people wearing things and like what like I have a vivid memory of a good friend of mine who we went to school together, and one day showed up, and uh I had plaid shorts on with a matching plaid button-down shirt on because <laughs> I had no clue that that was like not not good to do. And she's like even um don't ever wear that again you just can't wear plaid on top of plaid and I was like oh okay I understand (laughs) so I feel like I started to kind of like understand but never actually really cared much and then when I hit college that's when um I feel like that's when I started finding people on Instagram and stuff that had their own sense of style and I found that really cool like I had Instagram in high school and stuff but you know posted photos in the sky and thought it was revolutionary so yeah it was definitely i feel like college where i came into my own i started to like appreciate clothes a bit more and like care about how i dressed and got more interested and excited by clothes
0: yeah and what were some of those first kind of things that you were interested in was it like a particular item or a brand yeah. or a designer it was,
1: it was very much my j crew era it was mm. like Pea coats and knits yeah. and jeans and like it was just a very much a j crew era. i had longer hair back then so it was like <laughs> big flowing back curly hair with like a pea coat and a scarf like it was the Fire. whole the whole j crew like <laughs> i loved it i thought it was the best thing ever
0: Maz was rocking the j crew aesthetic boy
1: <laughs> it's true it's true and then i saw they're coming back and like everyone's all hyped about them because they're post or putting out stuff they used to put out years ago and so it's cool to see it come full
0: circle yeah j crew is definitely having a moment especially i think um for whatever reason a lot of creators on tiktok a lot of people Mm -hmm. are just talking about j crew and i think it's driving a lot of sales for them so yeah they're definitely in another moment here in 2022 everything comes back right like that's true they'll be deeply uncool again in the next couple years here and then in another seven years they'll be deeply cool again like it's true it's all circle Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, cool. So like college, college, high school, you started to really pay attention to it more. Um, mm-hmm. J. Crew was kind of like your initial starting point. That's really interesting. Um, and then kind of walk me through this next evolution. Because like, I know you from this aspect of content creation and a business owner. Mm-hmm. After you were in college, or when we when you were in college, how did you kind of transition from being I guess just regular, regular Ethan Glenn to like the guy, Ethan Glenn, we know today, Instagram, social media, every other Thursday, like walk us through that.
1: I feel like that was like a seven year process that has only finally come to fruition in the last mm-hmm. year or so. Cause back, I remember being like first year of college, um, was when I like found out about like influencers online. I found out about people like making a living doing social media and stuff like that and it was big like YouTube heavy time and I was like obsessed with these YouTubers I thought it was so cool um and back then I was really into photography and videography I mean I still am but like that was my first initial jump into this whole social media world and so it was like me a young college kid broke being like that's so sick I want to get paid to travel around the world and make videos and take photos of stuff and so then it kind of just like started there. And I started posting photos. I made some YouTube videos and like started posting on Instagram thinking that like that was what I was going to achieve. Right. But it never really happened. It never really got anywhere. Um, I mean, it took like five, six years and it nothing had happened. So and wait, so- let,
0: me, let me stop you for a second. Let me understand this. You were posting on Instagram, for example, for five or six years. That is insane. Yeah. I had no idea. That's insane.
1: People, people think that it's just like recent because TikTok's been recent for me. But mm-hmm. ever since college, I was like fascinated with the idea of like the influencer and the like making a living through social media. And I was like, I never was someone that was interested in like a typical job or like a office job, anything like that. Nothing appealed to me. Yeah. Um, I was really into videography and photography. So I thought that that would be a great way to make money in my own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like it seemed like such a life. And it is. It is like you make your own schedule, you make your own work, you make your own everything. And I was just so driven by that. Yeah. But it, it just never happened. It was like, it, I think I hit like maybe 10 or 11k on Instagram over five years. Mm-hmm. And that, was, that was about it. I capped there. I tried a million different things. I tried like fashion stuff and then I did like photography stuff and then I was just like all over the place cause I was just like so determined to make it work yeah. and then it didn't and I quit and I like fully just like decided that it was over Yeah. and then TikTok came along.
0: Man, that is so crazy. I had no idea. And typically, uh, the, this is for the audience, typically I send Ethan and guests like the question list And one of the questions I actually skipped over, if you were paying attention, is like, tell me one thing that the audience didn't know about you. And it just serendipitously, like you just answer that question serendipitously for me easily. Like, um, man, five, six years, that is just an unbelievable amount of dedication to. try to achieve something and and it's embarrassing (laughs) but i mean it's not it's not like it's like uh something to write home about that's for sure but like it happened at some point too like i think at this point we can say that you have achieved to some degree like what you always set out to do so like that's what i'm impressed about right you might be embarrassed to be like like well i'm like (laughs) wow
1: (laughs) it was um i think at the time i was embarrassed i feel like i was trying to really put on the show and what i thought was going to do well online and what i thought people want to see i was mm. like emulating what other creators were doing that i looked up to blah 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 and that never worked And i mm. often get asked a lot like how do i turn social media into a job how do i grow blah 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 and like yeah. i can't answer that for you there's no formula but what worked for me was when i was just only myself and that came through tiktok and i was able to really be myself i didn't try and be like anyone else i just put myself raw on the internet and that's what really took off but it yeah it was just a long process and it's funny you say like that because literally i think today or yesterday i saw someone posted a story on instagram it was a repost of something that said remember that five years ago you dreamed of being where you are now i was like that is so true because five Mm. years ago i was broke i was like (laughs) fucking i remember being in my restaurant job like in the kitchen and my shift started at noon and at 12 30 i had Deemed the best time to post on Instagram. And 30 minutes into my shift, I was like, hold on, I got to go to the washroom. So I hide in the bathroom for five (laughs) minutes and post my stupid photo of whatever it was so that I was like going to hit that time. And I was like, man, five years later, like, this is crazy
0: that is crazy that's powerful like uh, that's just that's unbelievable <laughs> literally um and now to where you are now i believe you're hovering around like 60,000 on on instagram mm. i think what what do you have like a quarter of a million over a quarter of a million on tiktok uh, close to 400
1: now i think on yeah. tiktok yeah
0: half a million on tiktok essentially i mean it's it's a testament to kind of obviously you had this like iron will to make it happen for yourself um and like for a lot of people who who are either younger or older who want the same thing, like imagine doing something every week for five years and only reaching, I mean, you were, you had growth like 11,000 is is no joke, but like, it's not enough to be quote unquote, an influencer. It's not, it's not enough to to live the life that you want to live. No. And so like, yeah, I guess I want to ask you like, how, like, how did you rationalize continuing or like, you said, like, you quit, but, like, how, like you know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. seems like there was, a, there was some kind of transitional period where you went from 11000 to massive growth. Was it because of TikTok, you would say? or Yes.
2: Mm, yes, so
1: it was, yeah, after, like, five years of just trying everything under the sun through Instagram and YouTube, I was just like, this is so much. I'm putting so much work into it day in, day out, every week for years and, like, not seeing enough of a return to, like, really – make me feel like it's gonna go anywhere and it i started i finally got like a better job i was like enjoying what i was doing i was working in like photography videography with brands marketing the whole like that realm and i was like you know what i don't need to be the influencer like it's okay if it doesn't work it's been Mm -hmm. a long enough try i think i can give this up um and i was never gonna like stop posting photos because i love doing that but i was like i don't need to try so hard anymore i'll just like live my life Um, And then that was right around the time when TikTok was really starting to pop off when like people stopped doing dances and started making other content. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. I actually like the app now. Um, And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give it one more shot. I'll do two weeks and I'll make TikToks like every day for two weeks. And if it doesn't work, then that's it. I'm done with this. I quit. I'm going to live a normal life. (laughs) But in that two weeks, I gained like 20K. Yeah. and i was like oh okay so something's here something there's something here that i can work with and i was
0: yeah. like all right let's go dude dude i love that and I, I have a similar story for myself where i said uh, i'll give myself a month like i'll give myself 30 days to post consistently over the course of the month same thing happened i grew like 60k in the month mm-hmm. um and funny enough i want to ask you because i think I, I did that in the year 2021 so I think yeah TikTok, we... 2021 yeah so and now we're in 2022, and a lot of people might be listening to this, and they're like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing as Ethan and Drew. Like, they both have the following. Ethan's is a bit bigger than mine on TikTok, guys. It's just the way it it's is. All uh, it's all relative. <laughs> it's, all, it's all relative. Um, but what do you think about it now on TikTok specifically? Because I think that there's a change happening um, where if you didn't get into the game, maybe it's not as much as, much as an opportunity. But what do you think? I don't want to put my opinion on you.
1: Uh, I was actually talking to my friend Victoria about this today, who's huge on TikTok, like yeah. million plus. And we were both like, we are not inspired by it right now and haven't been for a while. Like there's, I don't know if it's a part same. that there's so many people all making the same type of content like that. It's not inspiring to me to also throw my hat in the ring. Like there's more than enough hungry people that are young, that are interesting, that all make the same kind of content. That like Mm. have it do your thing because it's the most fun when you first start and anyone will tell you that like a year two year five years down the road you're not having as much fun as when you first started and you had no followers but i feel like like i'm not gonna say don't do it because it's not worth it because anyone can do it anyone can take off anyone can build a thing but you just like i said you have to be authentic you have to be you and mm. I think that's the only thing people really want. Because if you're just the guy that makes the video that says, here's five shoes you need, and they're all five shoes you've heard before, it's like that's not gonna get you anywhere. Like there's yeah. nothing there's nothing about you in that. So find a way that you can create content regularly that is true to yourself. Yeah. And for me, that was the getting dressed videos. I would talk to the camera minute long and just like ramble about what I was putting on that
0: day you have such an like a such a great way of being like i feel like when you make those videos like like we're just having a conversation like you seem like the same guy right now versus when we're making like when i see you on tiktok like in those videos it's 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 crazy you do a really job of being yourself like you said and just being super authentic with that i love those videos
1: that's good to hear i'm really glad that's always something i strive for because i when i started tiktok like i said i was like i'm just gonna be true to myself i'm just gonna do it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but that's what really popped off for me was like they're just treating it like it was like a FaceTime with a friend. And you just yeah. were like, here you go and throw it up. And when I, when I make TikToks, anyone that has seen me make them will know I like I don't edit really. I don't rewatch it. I don't obsess over it. For The first like six months of making TikToks, I literally record it and then click post. Sometimes I wouldn't even put a caption in there. I would just like throw it up and I yeah. just don't care. Like mm-hmm. I was just my most authentic self. That's what went out there
2: yeah
0: and that's i think that's the reason why people resonate with you so much too and i think people really have this parasocial relationship with you and the fact that like they really view you as like a homie a friend a big bro like Mm. like helping because i I feel like you even have a lot of women who watch your content as well who are like watching for their mans or like for their like uh partners in their lives which is actually really cool
1: um yeah it's i think like a Roughly a 50 50 split um, for men and women audience, which is super is like rare. On... Yeah, it's same on saying. Instagram. It's like Instagram? literally 50. I think it's a bit higher uh, one way or the other. I can't remember. Mm. Um, but it's pretty much a 50 50 split on both platforms, which is super interesting. And I get a lot of messages being like, I sent this to my boyfriend because he'd look great in this. Or, can you give me some ideas for my boyfriend? I love your outfits or like stuff like that. It's just, it's really interesting. I feel like you're right. Being like that most authentic self is what kind of draws people in and like separates yourself a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Victoria Paris there for a second. I I remember Victoria Paris, like I remember her blow up moment as well when she was Mm. posting, I feel like she was posting so many videos on tiktok at some point early on mm-hmm. um and obviously now she's uh, an established figure uh in the game of, mm-hmm. of lifestyle content how did that relationship come about
1: um she's one of my best friends now we were just went for a run today together um we actually both just moved out to la in the last couple months so that's been really fun um, she's from canada
0: but, too or no? no she's
1: from she's lived in new york for the last five years pretty sure oh, okay, she's from yeah. north carolina originally yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah, yeah yeah we just i found her on tiktok like a month into her starting she probably had like 100k 150k and she was just posting like 30 videos a day total vlog style just She's like a <laughs> of nothing and of everything at the same time and I, that's what intrigued me that's when i started because i was watching her stuff and my first love of social media was youtube 'Cause I love people's vlogs. I loved like that long format of like people that I was interested in, not so much like a long format TV show or whatever. Mm-hmm. I liked that a regular person could make their own TV show. I found that super fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'd only ever seen that style of content on YouTube. And so when Victoria started posting, it was like basically a vlog broken into thirty parts for one yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And just always, and there's always more to watch. And so I, I thought that was a really cool idea. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try posting. And I did a similar style and I just like posted as much and anything. So it's like, if I was getting dressed, I made that. If I was going for a walk, I made that. If Mm -hmm. I was meeting up with a friend, I made that. If I was eating something, I'd review that. It was like kind of whatever and anything. Um, And then at one point early on, she Mm -hmm. followed me back and we just kind of became friends. And a year and a half later, here we are. That's amazing. Running
0: <laughs> just running through the, the the streets. I don't know if the streets, but the uh, maybe the the beaches. The
1: yeah, we the went uh, we <laughs> ran through Malibu today,
0: so it was beautiful. Oh Heart man, feet. man, uh, California is just an amazing, amazing place. Southern California. We talked about this, but yeah, it's yeah. an amazing place. It's really- cool, man. Yeah, that that seems like a very authentic relationship too. Like, um, and that's the thing about social media. What what you find is that a lot of people who are doing this are very for the most part like the people i've run into you seem like a very genuine person i've had conversations with like you like you mentioned before albert um mark uh julian so many other people who also make videos in our space and like everyone mm-hmm. is just very cool people right like they all yeah. they all are just regular folks no one's like ego too ego driven which is awesome so, yeah, I feel but, like
1: that's, that's a good it's – it's an interesting niche. It's like men in fashion space, yeah. fashion, quote-unquote, yeah. um, through TikTok and Instagram and stuff. But I feel like yeah, everyone's just living their life, having fun. That's it.
0: Which – so, like, obviously you found the most kind of following and success on TikTok. But, like, what do you like creating for the most at this point? Do you like – because I know you have a YouTube channel as well. Do you like mm-hmm. making YouTube videos, Instagram feed posts or – Um,
1: i think for a while now my favorite platform is instagram stories that's it Mm -hmm. i i'd be okay if tiktok disappeared tomorrow i don't love it to be honest it feels very much at least now feels very much driven by like a need or feeling like there's a need feeling like i need to make more because there's so many other people making more i feel the same
0: way too yeah it's
1: just a vicious cycle right you just like i feel like i need to make more but then it's not videos i actually want to make and i'm like why am i even doing this i don't even want to make it and it's TikTok is always to an audience that is not yours and so it's always to people that don't actually care about you or don't know about you which is great because you can grow that way really quickly which is how I grew and many people but it's also like there's a lot more negativity on TikTok and there's a lot more stuff that you just like don't want to deal with when putting yourself out there whereas Instagram I mean Instagram posts is fun I guess it's just like a highlight reel but Instagram stories I feel like is my favorite way to just like I see things and then I just post it and that's it. And rarely do I put any text or anything. It's usually just a photo or a video of something that I'm looking at that I thought was cool and I'll throw it up. I feel like that. And there's no pressure in it. It's like, I don't care if it does well. I don't care if no one watches it. I don't care what it looks like. I just throw it up there.
0: You know what is too, about Instagram stories is that there's not really a metric for determining whether or not this is good or bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you you said, you post Instagram story, people see it, or if they don't see it, it doesn't really matter. Like there's no feedback, really. Like maybe some people will swipe up and say, oh, this is cool. Oh, Where is this at? That kind of thing. And you can just tell them. But like with TikTok, with Instagram posts, with actual posts, with YouTube videos, like every post is a comparison to the last and Mm -hmm. has to be the next one has to be better, supposedly. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's always this kind of like hidden pressure to elevate. But That's like um, Instagram stories, like you, you know, like you said, like they're just like what, whatever happens, happens during the day. It's kind of like a, I, I don't know if you know, be real. Like it's, yeah, it's sort of like, similar. it's always been the be real of social media. Like what can you post? It's going to be gone in 24 hours. It's finite. And then like you move on to whatever's next. It's just life. Right. So
1: yeah, the know. thing I really like about Instagram as a platform more than TikTok, but especially stories is I've always been big on community. I found when, like in the years that I tried to do this for myself and it never worked, I followed many, many, many influencers over the years. And mm-hmm. all of them, as like a young kid or as someone that doesn't have a following or someone that is interested in that kind of thing, it's very easy to look up to them and to think that they're really cool and yeah. to be like, man, I really want my life to be like that and whatever. But anytime you message them or reply to a story, they don't respond or they'll just see it, or they'll just like it, or most of the time, you just never get a response. So right Mm. out of the gate, always something I tried to do is respond to as many people as I can, which is now overwhelming, and I physically can't do it. But for the most part, I do, and I try to. And so like you were saying, people swipe up to your story, and I've had people that swipe up to my stories and we have like a mini conversation about whatever, like, oh yeah, I just got those boots too, blah, blah, Mm. blah, or like Mm. about anything or like, oh, I love that restaurant. You should try this next time you go. And like, I've had some of these people who've commented on my stories and stuff like that. It's been like a year ongoing and like you could scroll up in our messages and we've been chatting about nothing for a year, but I find that so cool because it's such a like community driven thing. And it feels like you can really get to know people and I don't know, it's nice. It's like having a bunch of friends always there.
0: Yeah, that's super dope. And I do the same thing myself. And I think it, the reason why we do that is because, like you mentioned, we're a product of a generation that, and things move so fast. So when I say a generation, like I'm talking about like a like a five to six year window Of this happening Mm -hmm. where, like you said, we would reach out to the people we thought were cool, whether they were YouTubers, influencers, Instagrammers, and they would never respond. And we remember how that felt, right? Mm -hmm. We know how that feels. And so like now that we're in a position to also give back to the communities that we're developing, it's a no brainer. Like I'll spend two hours every day more. Responding to DMs if I need to because it, mm-hmm. it means that much to me. These people are responsible for the success that I experience. That's the other thing. Yeah. And so like, there's no like, there's no hierarchy to like like the audience is most important. Honestly, like the videos I make are nothing without the audience. If I do what I do, so I'm right there with you with always responding. I love that. It, it's always good to hear another creator say that.
1: It's true. It's they're the literally the only reason I have a job. So. You Facts. might as well take the time to reply to them.
0: Thanks. talk to me about every other Thursday. Am I? Am I is that right? Every other Thursday. Yep. Yeah.
1: Every other Thursday. Um, it started as a mood board. Um, like a two years ago, probably. Um, mm. I was bored. It was in the pandemic, and I it was like beginning a pandemic. I had lost my job, um, and I was just like super bored. I was like, "What am I doing?" Um, and so I created. Mood board, but I spelt it B-O-R-E-D and thought that was so funny, which it's not that funny, but I I was like, wow, this is great. Cool concept. Anyways, I just started posting anything kind of like photos I found online, photos on Pinterest, screenshots from other people, whatever I thought was cool. And I just threw it up there. And then over time it slowly developed and took its own narrative and kind of started to gear towards more, like, old advertisements from the 80s and 90s. Um, mm. Old campaign photos from brands and ads back mm. in the day. Um, just photos of, like, stuff from, like, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Stuff that I thought Why, cool.
0: why does that stuff hit so much harder? Like, why does it, like, so fire? Like, all
1: that I stuff. I like <laughs> it's... I don't know. It's, it's a weird... Like, I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. Like, it, uh, there's many, many mood boards out there that post vintage photos or whatever. Mm. But I just... I don't know. I always just connected with it a bit better. Mm. Um, I felt like it. It felt like every piece of marketing material was like intentional. It's like they mm. made it with the intention of making this print ad that sat on page seven of this magazine. Yeah. And that started at the beginning, and it went all the way through to the end. Whereas, like now, people just make stuff that's going to go on Instagram. Like, we're going to mm. do a shoot today for Instagram. Like, right that just sounds boring. It doesn't sound like there's any intention behind it. Mm. And so I think I loved that. I I also love the print aspect of the marketing and Mm. a lot of stuff that I post is like screenshots of magazine articles or like someone scanned in the cover photo of this magazine or stuff like that. I actually get a lot of people randomly just DMing me like they found an old Um, National Geographic magazine from the 80s and was like Mm. sent a photo of this and I was like that's so cool and so it's like a ton of just like mainly print heavy because I feel like it just has more characters more intentional
0: yeah yeah no yeah I I, that's really cool I think for whatever reason a lot of people are really resonating with that aesthetic that look Um, and I'm looking at the I'm looking at every other Thursday right now when did it transition from mood board to every other Thursday
1: um and where does okay, that come so, from too
0: every other Thursday what does, what does that mean
1: every other Thursday is a play off of being paid every other week randomly mm-hmm. for some reason I have a memory of my mom's payday being Thursday and so I wanted something that was three things long three words Um I wanted a day of the week because I thought it sounded good I picked Thursday and then it just kind of came from there but yeah it's kind of like a play on being paid every other week that makes a so, no sense about a year and a half ago, first first year of the pandemic, when I didn't have a job, I was like, okay, I need to do something because I'm going to go crazy without a job, without any money and without anything to do. So at that point, I started like playing around with Photoshop, making designs, screen printing onto some blanks and then selling them through every other Thursday. And you won't find any of it anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure I took down all the photos because I hate them all. But it was, that was the, that was the original. It was like 12 t-shirts and I was like, great, I have a brand. This is so cool. And it never really did anything, partly because I didn't have the audience to sell it to. Mm. And so 12 t-shirts was the max that I was going to be able to sell. And then it all started with a hat in the spring or summer of 2021. Um, So like probably three months into making TikToks, I really wanted a hat. And I wanted like a navy blue truckery style hat.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that. And
1: so I found a site that you can make your own hat. And I had every other Thursday stitched onto it in like beige gold letter- lettering on a blue navy hat. Yep. And then I just started wearing it in like every video and every photo. You wore the I shit
0: it. out of that hat. Yeah. I,
1: that <laughs> summer, in like the three months of that summer, I wore it. I swear every day and it, by the end of the summer was so faded and dusty <laughs> and just like a completely different hat. But yeah. that hat is what started it off because everyone on TikTok loves to say, where's that from? ID on this. Where'd you get that? Where can I buy this? And so I was like, oh, do, should, should I make some more of these hats? I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So then I made 20 and I was like, oh, that seems like a lot. I spent like $300 and I made 20 hats and I was like... <sighs> That's, I don't know if I can sell that. I don't really have $300 mm. to spare right now. Mm. And then they sold out in two minutes. Ooh. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe something's here. And then uh, the next order of hats was 80. And I was as many as the manufacturer had of that style. For some reason, they were all sold out everywhere. And I was like, mm. all right, well, I'll buy 80. See what happens. And I also bought... Uh, some brown ashtrays some like ceramic ashtrays yeah. with a script on it um, yep. because I love taking photos of stuff in my home on my coffee table or with some old books and like a little ashtray with like an incense paper in it or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like why don't I make an every other Thursday version so that I could sell something when someone asks where's that from? So I had these 80 hats and the 100 ashtrays and I was up at my dad's place for Thanksgiving and my family was like, what is this? Like, what, what do you mean you have 80 hats and 100 ashtrays and you're going to sell them? What is that even like? A, no one understood it. And I had the Shopify sound on my phone and we were out for a Thanksgiving Day hike. And I was like, oh, they just went live. And then all you heard was like Shopify sound going ching, ching, ching,
0: ching. ching, ching. I know exactly. Ching, ching,
2: ching,
1: exactly. ching, <laughs> And my, my parents were staring at me on this hike and they're like, what is happening? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I just sold 80 hats in 12 minutes. And they're like, Whoa. So I was like, okay, so I have something here. There's something to be said about you wear something enough online that someone's bound to want to buy it. Mm. And then it just spiraled out of there from there. I started with like anything that I wore daily. How could I turn that into my own product? So a hat was an easy one. The ashtray was an easy one. The tote bag, which is probably one of the like biggest sellers was an easy one. Mm. Um, and then it just kind of went from there, it spiraled. Now it's a full fledged brand. It's got now, we actually just started um, with a fulfillment service. And so I have a warehousing team and a fulfillment team that handle all orders now and shipping. And so in the last year, it's just exponentially grown.
0: Amazing. And I, I'm looking at it right now, and it seems like you guys are even capturing that look and feel from the mood board, like with the mm-hmm. photography of the brand. I'm looking at what you guys posted recently for the November 10th drop. And yep. these photos themselves look stunning. Um, Thank you. And if, if you were saying that, you know, when you first started and now we look to where you are now, you probably even see the growth in that aspect as well. Not just the monetary growth, but the creative growth as well. Um, and it's, it's always amazing to see like this progression happen Um, as someone who has an audience, sometimes people don't do it right. Sometimes they kind of make products that are a bit, they cheap out. And it doesn't seem like every other Thursday is cheaping out. I think the fact that you're wearing the items, the fact that like it's a testament to like you would actually wear this throughout the entire summer speaks Mm -hmm. volumes to like what it is and like how it feels and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, it, it also speaks to like your level of influence and power, man. You have to be pretty proud of yourself to be able to grow not only like a, content business but now physical products is like something you can give back to your audience right like something that they can also experience with you through every other Thursday which is awesome dude it's it's really inspiring
1: thank you thank you it's um honestly been the most fun I've ever had Um, I've done a lot of jobs over the years um, and they've all kind of given me some sort of knowledge that has led me to be able to do what I do now I've worked for big influencers before and so learning the side of the business on a massive scale like millions of followers that's helped yeah. me in my own business in content. Um I've worked for brands before, I've worked for a marketing agency, I've done a yeah. bunch of things under the sun and I've kind of like pulled bits and pieces that I've learned over the years and then kind of tied it all into myself which has been yeah. amazing and that's why I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for all these different jobs that I've done, even the ones that I've hated, even the ones that were horrible. And still, I got something out of it. And sometimes I'll like do that. Like I was doing something and I was like, Oh, I would not know how to do this if it wasn't for that time that I did this. And it was horrible, but you know, everything's a learning process.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's an important lesson. If you're listening to this right now, like everything, every bit of your life hold some weight to it right Mm -hmm. like even like the most mundane tasks from like how you make your bed in the in the morning or in the evening hopefully you make it in the morning but how you make it in the morning to like how you smooth over the top of the cover to how you actually smooth over maybe a t-shirt that you're folding for your brand right like Mm -hmm. it's it could be as small as that right but like it still correlates from making your bed to like fold in clothes for your own personal brand. Like it could be something like that, which is cool. Uh, I love it's stuff true. like that.
1: That's true. What you about everywhere?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, I don't mean to dismiss you. I said, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're good, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I was so dismissive. I'm so Not sorry. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me get to my question. <laughs> hey, shut up, man. Keep going. <laughs> no, I wanted to kind of transition away from, um, Every other Thursday from from social media. Well, I guess still talking about social media. Are there any creators besides the, you know you, you mentioned Victoria? Any creators in our space that you're kind of a fan of that you watch often, or just maybe not even within the fashion space, like that you're a fan of on TikTok um, or YouTube or?
1: So I obviously like pretty much. I'm not gonna say everyone because there's so many people in this space and it's hard to keep track, and there's always new ones every day. But kind mm-hmm. of like the big ones that are in the similar realm, like we were talking about you, me, Albert, Mark, like there's so many, too many to name. Mm. Um, I kind of keep tabs with what everyone's doing, but to be honest, I I try not to watch other people's stuff. And Mm. part of it is because I don't want to copy someone subconsciously. And Mm. I feel like that happens a lot in our industry. I feel like a lot of people just consume so much content that it's like, Uh, like subconsciously you're putting something out and it's like, wait, that was actually the same kind of video that Mark made or Mm. something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. So I try not to consume a lot of in our realm content. And then also I think I just have more fun with it because I am really bad at comparing myself to others. And I Mm. constantly am worried that like I'm not doing enough or that I'm not growing fast enough or that someone else is growing faster than me Mm. and all that comes from just watching people's content too much and not yeah. making my own mm. and so I, I try and just like remove myself from the whole thing but still keeping tabs on what people are doing and what they're up to um, but for the most part the stuff I watch is like totally different um, like randomly this morning I found this guy on YouTube that him and his girlfriend or wife make vlogs in Australia and they just have like this rigged out Land Rover Defender And they just like go on the craziest off road journeys and it's filmed so well. And it just, they're like vlogging them driving through the Outback and I'm like, that is so cool. (laughs) And so it's, it's just stuff like that. It's like so totally different that it's Mm -hmm. entertaining and interesting and gives me like creative ideas that I can kind of recreate in my own way, the way they're filming or like the energy that they have or stuff like that. But I feel like anything that's so different, than what I'm doing is the things I enjoy the most.
0: Well, yeah, that's a perfect segue, too, because I know you're big on, like, Jeeps, Land Rovers. Like, you're a pretty big, not, like, sports car guy, it seems like, but it just seems like, you know, all-purpose utility car kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Have you always yeah, been like, like that? or Yeah,
1: yeah, I like a big, older truck. Not necessarily yeah. like a pickup. I mean, I, I do like an old pickup, but um, we're just, like, a beefy thing that can kind of drive over whatever. Um, mm. When I was... In college, my dad had an old Jeep TJ from like 2002 or something, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was just like a small two-door manual, really fun car. And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I want one of these one day. And then at the beginning of this year in January, I bought one for myself. Mm -hmm. I bought a 2005 Jeep TJ, and I loved that thing i drove it everywhere <laughs> it was the first car that i bought on my own for myself and just like worked enough to buy and then bought it and i loved it yeah um and it just kind of like spiraled from there
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that like okay sorry that's not an authentic response that's actually really cool um f- like living in colorado we have a lot of those car types as well like mm i see a lot of like for example like ford broncos um we have different variations of different jeeps and things like that here and Mm -hmm. like i always felt like okay i could get down with this dude because like you know i like those kind of cars too like it's just interesting like the like older trucks like just just more classic traditional like a lot of times for me it's like american cars Mm -hmm. um but also like utility cars that can like do a lot of things. Cause like here in Denver, like the mountains are always right next door. Like you can hop in the car, like go to the mountains, mm-hmm. go go skiing, go in a cabin, whatever. Not to say I did that all the time, but I did a couple of times. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I always, I always wanted to afford Bronco and like I was just looking yeah. at some pictures right now. Um, those look absolutely beautiful. Have you also seen like the, uh, electric trucks? I don't know if you're into electric cars yeah. too. Those um, look like crazy futuristic
1: they look super cool the my thing with older cars i don't there's not really a new car that i like that i like the Mm. style of i don't like all the screens inside i don't Mm. like all the shiny paint it's just like not my thing i don't like all the swoopy lines like i like the old ones because they're beefy and squared off and they have like four buttons and that's it exactly and i feel like growing up in toronto you also just don't see a lot of old cars like that um like not I mean there's some obviously but anytime like an old defender drove by like that was like a once in a two month thing and yeah. so i was like wow that's so cool you don't see those very often whereas i feel like other places like here in california i could like throw a stone and hit an old truck and it's so cool and i'm yeah. like a kid in a candy shop here because there's so many different cool things like today i parked right next to this baby blue bronco from i think the 60s and i was like this is Ooh. so nice yeah, and i was just like you don't see that in toronto i've like never seen an old bronco like that in Toronto. so yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. i think it was like a byproduct of not having them and then also probably ties into the old ads of stuff that i post on every other thursday because exactly like car ads now it's all video it's all like commercial Corny. stuff like that yeah it's like you it's <laughs> it's not the same whereas there's so many of these Like Land Rover did a great job ages ago when they marketed their defenders and their discoveries and stuff. And it's like Mm. a picture of a defender in the jungle with an elephant beside it. I was like, no one's doing that anymore. Like, that's so cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I I wish, like, it would have been so cool to, like, be in that era, too. Like, just, like, pull out a magazine and, like, see that. Like, obviously, we can still do it today. But, like it's just a different, it's a different time today. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like travel, man? Yeah, I, I know you were in Paris or you were in France mm-hmm. earlier this year. Like, What are some of your favorite places to travel to?
1: Yeah, I was in Paris uh, in August. My girlfriend and I spent uh, two weeks in France. We did Paris and we did the South. Um, it was beautiful. Paris is probably one of my top favorite places ever. I love the food. I love the culture. Um, I was in French school growing up. Like In school, mm. I took French. Um, yeah, yeah. Not saying I'm fluent, but I don't know. I love, I love it. You can it. get by. Exactly. Yeah. I can get by enough to go visit Paris. I love the food. I love the people. I love the old architecture. Um, mm. But more and more, the West coast of like Canada and the States as well has been so interesting to me growing mm. up on the East coast. It's just so different, right? Like there's, there's no snow, but there's rain and there or at least in the Northern part, there's like, much more tempered climate you have the water you have like all these things that the east coast doesn't have and so Mm. in february of this year um, i actually did a family trip for the first time in i don't know a decade Um, Mm. and we went to tofino in british Columbia, and it's just like i've been there when i was a kid but it's just the most beautiful place it's just like typical pacific northwest vibes rainforest on Mm. the water every evening and most mornings we'd like walk along the beach and it was just the craziest sunrise and sunsets that i've ever seen it was just truly true man
0: man i don't know much about british columbia i need to do more research but if it's pacific northwest and i totally believe and trust what you're saying it's got to be unbelievable in terms of mm-hmm. the nature like and that's the thing about like the east coast has such a high concentration of people in, in north america like the more you venture west like even in, mm-hmm. in denver like like the ability to go hike a 14er and like just look out and see nature is so different when i travel to new york or when i've been to toronto or i've been to montreal and like montreal mm-hmm. is nice too but um like toronto is it's totally different animal from like
1: exactly
0: you know cal like los angeles or you know parts of southern Lo- california so that makes a lot of sense yeah. i, I mean, think the biggest it-
1: thing for me is mountains because in mm-hmm. ontario and east coast like there's no mountains everything's relatively flat and so every time i come to the west coast which is like here in la like every time i drive through the hills and the mountains up here like malibu calabasas whatever i'm Mm. just like wide-eyed looking around like wow this is so crazy Like it truly never gets old i love the mountain
0: so that probably is like your interest in the west coast being in in the east coast for so long it's probably why you moved right because my next question was like why why the move to la
1: um That definitely helped the move, but honestly, it was because of my girlfriend. Um, I met Mm. her at the beginning of this year, and she's from Toronto, but lived in LA for the last few years. Um, And it was, we didn't talk about like moving anywhere, because obviously it's like quite long distance.
2: Mm. Um,
1: That was never a conversation right out of the gate, but we both knew that this was going to be a good relationship right out of the gate, and so we were just going to make it work. And then... I had been looking for an excuse to kind of move. Like for years, I talked about Vancouver or New York or what, you know, something to do mm. that's not Toronto because I've grown up there and I'm ready for something new. Um, and then in July of this year, my landlord randomly was like, hey, by the way, you have to move out in a month because I'm moving in. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow, I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> I guess it's time for me to move um and so it just kind of worked out and i was like well i might as well move to la because that's Mm -hmm. where sarah lives and i've been looking for an excuse and now i've got a kick in the ass to actually do it
0: that's a great reason i think honestly you'd be Mm -hmm. closer to your lady i mean it doesn't get much better than that especially if, if you have a good partner like is the more time you spend the better your life is that's the way it goes
1: exactly and i feel like la specifically i mean like if i've never thought about living in la i know a lot of people like oh gotta move to LA one day and to me it's just like was never really on the table it was not something Mm. that I was like interested in Mm. um just kind of like the corny aspect that I feel like you get through media um but it's amazing for work there's so many opportunities and I know New York's got a ton of opportunities but like Toronto specifically it's like a whole different playing field and there's Mm. so many more opportunities and work things and stuff that you can do especially in our industry that i just wouldn't have been able to do in toronto and so it's been amazing being here and i've kind of been coming here on and off for the past like six months um yeah. visiting sarah and so being able to like slowly build up that base in la has been super fun
0: right right and so how are you able to stay because if you're a canadian are you like you have a work of work visa or how is it working?
1: yeah um well, it's in process, so don't tell anyone that I'm actually... Don't tell the government that I'm actually... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There.
0: No, he's not actually living there right now. I'm talking about, like, you know, like, <laughs> when you want to move there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> actually, let's just move on to the next question. We don't have to talk about this. That's a little personal. personal. Uh, <laughs> no, not no, it's okay. It. It's,
1: honest, it's just a visa. It's it's that straightforward. It's in process. Uh, I submitted it months ago. It just takes forever to come through. I should have it by the end of the year. It's Perfect. pretty straightforward.
0: Cool. Cool. I'm excited for you, man. That's going to be... It's gonna be awesome when you actually get there.
1: Yes, I'm <laughs> I just <laughs> <winked>. <laughs> Uh
0: What do you like to do for fun, man? We'll kind of end on this question because um, I don't want to take too much of your time. What do you What do you do for fun?
1: Um, uh, I probably running and cooking is like the biggest thing. I mean, not running specifically, just like anything outdoors. I'm a Huge outdoor yeah. person. So moving yeah. here it's really exciting for me. The amount of like outdoor stuff you can do just feels like there's so many more, like you could surf, you could mountain bike, you could hike, you could run, you could mm. swim, like so many things you can do in like a tempered climate that you couldn't do in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and cooking. I went to culinary school. Actually my answer to your early question about um, what's something people wouldn't know about you um, was going to be, I went to culinary school. And that was my oh. college. And so I did that for two years and then worked in kitchens for a number of years after that. And it was never something, I mean, it was something right away. I knew I didn't want to do as a job. Like anyone that works in the kitchen will tell you it's hard work and long hours and it's not fun. You come home smelling like shit every day. Like it's, it's not a glamorous job. Um, And so it was just like something I did for work. And then once I didn't work in the industry anymore, it was something I really loved to do again. And so mm. now I love cooking. Um, I love cooking for friends and family and stuff. I love having like dinner parties and inviting a bunch of friends over. And I feel like that is one of my favorite things to do now.
0: That's amazing, man. I feel like a lot of dudes like need to learn from you because a lot of dudes can't cook. Like what's your favorite thing to cook?
1: Oh, like your favorite the worst dish. question. I, I, it's, I don't have an answer for you. Oh, okay
0: fine 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 what's what's the most recent thing that you've made if you can remember that's easy
1: um okay last night we made a uh big salad we love to go to the farmer's market here because there's so much good produce in california so we just had like really beautiful veg and stuff for a salad and then we made this pasta which is actually one of my favorite like summer pastas to make so i'll give you a little little glaze over um it's just like whatever pasta you want like a short noodle Mm. Um sun dried tomatoes, fresh ricotta, uh mushrooms that you kinda stir fry up, some kale that you cook up a bit, lemon, mm. garlic, chili, parmesan, oil, just like a very light. This...
0: Mm. Mm. It's good. You have me as sun dried tomatoes. I love sun dried mm. tomatoes. Tomato sun dried well, tomatoes are so fire. Oh man. So
1: underrated too. Like why yeah. are more people not eating sun dried tomatoes?
0: I don't understand that either. That's actually a really good point. They should more places, more dishes should have sun-dried tomatoes. Just throw them in there. It just adds that sweetness, and it's healthy, and it's, yeah. it's
1: amazing.
0: Ethan Glenn, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much, bro, for taking the time out of your day to come on the pod. Um, it, this is a joy of a conversation, dude. I actually really enjoyed this.
1: Yes, me too. Thanks for having me on. This has been a ton of fun. This is actually the first podcast I've ever done, so it was, it was cool. a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I'm you know I'm glad you have you first, you know what I'm saying? First of many for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it.